0: Good morning. I just want to begin today um, memorializing and uh, praying for our leaders and for our veterans. And um, they've kind of been probably the most abused group of people in our country because they basically laid down their lives to make sure we have everything we want. And... Um, um, the VA hospitals and the way they're treated. And, and, and my understanding is so many of them are homeless. And um, uh, I want to pray that um, the president and the Congress and our VA bureaucracies and um, states and uh, federal will um, honor them. And if you don't mind, let's, let's start uh, with prayer uh, for that. Father, this morning, I pray for all of our veterans, and I thank you for them. I, I thank you for those that, um, in the name of freedom, have been willing to lay down their lives, and um, many have been um, mentally and emotionally and in many ways spiritually harmed uh, by what they've had to deal with. And I just pray today that um, You would help our president, our VA hospitals and the bureaucracy and Congress, that they would come together. And I know that's a hard thing for our government to do is to come together and they would bless them. Um, We wouldn't have what we have. We wouldn't have the freedoms we have Um, if, if if it wasn't for them. And so, Father, today on this Memorial Day weekend, I just want to thank you for them. I want to I want to ask that all of us would um, honor them any way we possibly can. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that um, we would do a better job of honoring and blessing our veterans and the families of those that um, of those that have fallen uh, in war. Um, it hurts. It's tough. And I just ask, Lord, that um, those that even many, many, many years later are still hurting over it, I just pray, Lord, that uh, you would bless them with a comfort that only you can comfort with. Father, just bless us. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, this is the day that the Lord has given us um, to honor him to uh, worship Him, um, to praise Him. Um, And one of the things that my wife and I have really been um, focused on, and we're still working at it, is um, God set aside a day and showed us uh, about relaxing and uh, resting and restoring. And um, uh, I pray that today, that you would at least find some time to rest, restore, worship, pray, get into God's Word, um, honor Him, meditate on Him, and allow Him to speak to you. And um, I think it's very, very important because our, our world and our lives are so hustle, bustle, Um, There's so much that we feel like we've got to accomplish, and if we let down, it's like the whole world's going to blow up, and it's not. And so I pray that today and on this type of a weekend where we have a day extra, that uh, we would find some time just to enjoy God and each other. And um, I think that's very, very, very important. I had another focus um, uh, prepared for today today. But um, with the president's announcement, pronouncement, um, whatever you call it, um, I I realized I I need to speak to the issue of um, reopening, uh, restoring, rebuilding. Um, And let me parenthetically say right there, I, I really have no desire for you that attend Riverview or anyone that's listening that we go back to the way things were. Because I I look at our churches, and I look at the impact we're having on our country and our world, and um, I don't think it's what God intended. And so I'm hoping that when we begin to come back together, we would begin to come back together. Uh, I don't want things, I hear people say, I want things to go back to normal. I'm not sure what that means, but I want things to come back even more excellently, even more biblically even more God-honoring, even, even more um, God and each of us loving each other, um, and learning to love ourselves properly and in balance. And uh, that's, that's, that's my prayer. And for those who are in the Riverview area, um, we are planning on, we're putting together a, a template and an understanding of um, coming back together. We're looking at uh, June 7th. Um, I know the president said we could start today, but we weren't ready. Um, And we really didn't have the uh, meticulous plan that I think we need to have to make everybody uh, feel safe. And um, that's what we want to do. Uh, On June 7th, we're hoping that we could have worship outside. Because uh, for whatever scientific reasons, not that science has been uh, real excellent up to this point in this whole thing. But um, it seems like at least outside, uh, things aren't quite as intense as far as spreading this whole thing. But if we're not able to, because of weather, go outside, uh, we have a wonderful pavilion out back and we, that would kind of be our center. And, uh, but we want to make sure we're, we're, we're honoring. We want to make sure that things are safe. We want to make sure that things are um, what they need to be. And so we're planning on a group of people, uh, and any of you that would like to be a part of that, coming before and cleansing wherever we're going to be meeting. If we're outside, it'd be out in the pavilion and around it. And we'll set up tables and, and different areas. Um, we, uh, if we're inside, uh, we're going to prepare uh, here in our uh, worship center or sanctuary, whatever we want to call it, and um, and and. Uh, three or four other rooms, in case um, uh, there's not enough room here to make sure uh, we social distance properly. Um, because we're not rebellious people, uh, we want we don't want to be stupid. Um, something has been spreading, and I, they've been all over the place on uh, remediation and mitigation, and and what to do and what not. And it stays on surfaces. Now it doesn't stay on surfaces. Really, they don't know. But um, but when we come back. Uh, before uh, we gather together, we want to cleanse as, as thoroughly and um, meticulously as we possibly can. And then afterwards, because the school will actually open up, unless there's a hiccup with the state government, um, uh, on the 8th, we'll want to make sure we cleanse everything and everything be prepared for our children and our staff. And um, so that's kind of what we're looking at um, we want to have uh, something for the children and in, in uh, the different ages. Um, whether I, it's people from the church, and if you'd like to help with that, we're more than uh, we welcome you to to help with that whole thing, so that um, parents, um, especially young parents, can um, be able to concentrate on worship and the Word of God, and and um, so, and we'll we'll do it as excellently as we know how on June 7th, and then we'll just go from there and um, figure out how we can do it better and better and better and better uh, within the context of what uh, the medical sciences and um, and um, the authorities are, are saying. Um, and I think that's very, very important uh, for us to understand. We're not we're not coming, and I know there have been religious leaders that have um, taught people, well, this is all a satanic thing and the governors are against the church and all this kind of stuff. Let me tell you my, uh, f- uh, my understanding of all this. Um, from the president to the Congress to these medical, quote, experts to uh, the governors to the states to the county and local authorities, I don't think they had a clue of what had been unleashed on our society. And, and, I, and, and too often the problem is the church doesn't have a clue what has been unleashed on our world and why. And we need to understand that, yes, there is a coronavirus that has come into our world and has wreaked havoc and um, done some dangerous things and destructive things. But there is an enemy. Uh, Some call him Satan. Some call him the devil. Some call him the evil one that will do anything and everything he can or God allows him to do to wreak havoc on Christ Church and the people of Jesus Christ, and that's that's what's been going on. It's not a conspiracy. It's not uh, the president. It's not the Congress. And I know they all and the governors. I know they all act like six year olds, and and they you know they're trying to hurt each other and bash each other and slander each other and blame each other. Um, Christians. We need to be people who understand that the enemy is not flesh and blood or a virus. The enemy is the evil one and the demonic world that we are in. Our senses cannot see or or touch or truly understand. Now, I know to a lot of people who go to church that aren't actually born again, that makes no sense. That's just too spiritual. That's, you know, that's kind of ridiculous. Well, that's because you really don't understand the Spirit, the Holy Spirit. But I want you to understand from the very beginning, um, the, the devil, the evil one, and his demons have been trying to uh, distract and disrupt and destroy um, anything and everything, especially that which is, um, belongs to God. And, and that's what's been going on here. And, and I, I, I think it's very important to understand that. I think it's very important to understand that, that everything that, that um, the evil one can think of to bring fear to the people of God to isolate and, um, and separate the people of God. Um, the, we, he brings all this stuff into the Christian world that, that um, it's everybody's fault and everybody's against us and they're out to get us and, and all that kind of stuff. And there, I'm sure there is some of that. And I know the politics involved are involved or are queer, but the bottom line is I want you to understand that there is someone that is kind of uh, making all this happen And he's trying to destroy the church, and he's trying to destroy your life, and he's trying to define you by fear and blame and isolation and anything else he can bring into our world. I I see Christians kind of separating because we don't all think alike or believe alike. And I I want you to understand, that that really has nothing to do with doctrine or anything human. It has to do with spiritual. Because in Ephesians 6, it says that our, our, our enemy is not flesh and blood. It's not coronavirus. Our enemy is, is way beyond all that. It's forces of darkness, it's forces of evil. And Christians, we need to get that. We need to take a breath and step back and go, my enemy is not my governor. My enemy is not the president. My enemy is not any of this political foolishness that's going on. The enemy has a plan to destroy the church, me, my family, my mind, my heart. And what it says in Ephesians, we're not not focused on that today. What it says in Ephesians is it's time for Christian people to stand and to stand firm and to stand courageously, and to to say, no, he will not destroy me. He will not destroy my mind. He will not destroy me emotionally. He will not destroy my relationships. He will not destroy my church, because it's not my church, it's Christ's church. I'm gonna step back, I'm gonna get my footing, I'm gonna put what Ephesians 6 calls the armor of God on and I'm going to begin to fight the actual enemy and not fight people around me thinking that somehow they're the enemy. And I, I think that's so important. Uh, this is not a time for separation. This is not a time for politics, but I don't know how to stop that. Because with uh, Donald Trump and Nancy Pelosi and and um, all these people... Um, I don't know how to stop that other than the people coming together and saying enough of this foolishness and voting them out of office. But um, so understand who the enemy really is, but also understand this, that the church has kind of taken a blow and the church has kind of been shut down for a little bit in many ways. We've had this thing, and and it's cute, and I've I've enjoyed doing this, although I'd rather have people and look into their faces, um, but the church, yeah, it, it's been tough. It's been tough financially. It's been tough um, in, in many ways to keep things going, although I'm going to be honest, here at Riverview, um, the school's been open. Um the whole inside has been painted. Um, great things have been happening, so um, I'm not complaining. But I know it's taken a blow, and I, I know a lot of churches, some are ready to shut down. Um, some are really, really, really struggling. But, you know, the church has this bad habit when it seems to take a blow of doing something, it's got this bad habit of rising again. A little over 2,000 years ago, <coughs> the author and perfecter of our faith came down through the heavens and he lived with us, set an example for us, and at the end of his earthly life, suffered and died this extraordinarily heinous and painful death in our place, and did for us what we could never do for ourselves. And I want everybody to hear that, because he did it for you, and he did it for me, and he died. And I would imagine there was a party in hell, and all the people who didn't believe, thought this was wonderful, and 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 they thought they stopped somebody or stopped something, and um, for a couple of days it was demoralizing. For a couple of days it was tough. For a couple of days um, the disciples and his followers weren't really sure how to respond. Uh, properly, even though he had warned them and promised that what he was going to do, they 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 didn't respond biblically or respond within the context of his teaching. And too often we do that in the church. And so they were kind of hiding in a room, and Jesus had died. But on the third day, <laughs> Jesus Christ rose again. From the grave. What we saw was he was down laying on a stone in a cave or a tomb. And it kind of looked like that was the end of him. That was the end of his church. That was the end of of his followers. That was the end of his message. But on the third day, Jesus Christ rose again. And I want you to understand. That's how God works. You see, maybe you personally have really struggled through this whole virus situation. Maybe mentally and emotionally and and maritally or financially or or however this has been destructive in uh, your life. Um, I want you to hear this. I want you to understand. It may seem like you're down. It may seem like uh, this whole thing has kind of um, destroyed you, killed you, maybe it, it feels like. But you see, like Jesus Christ, on the third day, he rose again from the grave and he gave us the power and ability to rise ourselves. And I think that's very important to understand. I know this has been a difficult time and a different time for for the church. But you see, when we're down and when we struggle and when it seems like there's great despair and despondency and, and and it seems like we're done, that's when God has this wonderful, powerful habit of pouring out his resurrection on his church or his people. And so I want to encourage you this morning that no matter where you might be, I I, I heard on a prayer time this morning a lot of folks that were struggling emotionally and mentally. I get that. That, that's, That's part of the human dilemma. That's part of where we are. But I want to encourage you don't stop there. Get on your knees or get somewhere alone and say, God, I want the same power that you've promised that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. I want that in my life. I want my home to to be uh, raised. I want my marriage to be raised. I want my finances to be raised. I want my attitude to be raised. I don't want to live here where I just feel despair and depression and despondency. I want to be raised in the newness and the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Maybe it's been tough for this church, or maybe the appearance, your appearance of it, seems like, oh my goodness, Riverview has been tremendously damaged. Let me let you on a secret. It hasn't. Uh, We have heard from people that are so excited about the church coming back together, people that I don't even know, and how they want to be a part of that. And I want us to be prepared with resurrection power and glory and a plan to make great and mighty and powerful disciples of Jesus Christ. I want to use this time. I want to take this time that the evil one thought would be a negative and destructive time for our church and us personally and make this into the greatest thing we've ever experienced in our lives. You say, Pastor, you're crazy. And I say, thank you because to the world, to the sinful world, the resurrection does seem like lunacy. But to we Christians, the resurrection is the greatest thing that ever happened in human history. So I'm excited. I want to, I'll take you up um, about 70 years after Jesus died and rose again, and um, the Romans came and just um, annihilated Jerusalem and and the whole center of the church. And they really came after Christians. And and um, it looked like they were down. It looked like they were done. I mean, they really destroyed the set human center of, 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 of that whole thing. And yet what happened was God dispersed them and those crazy Christians came up all over the world. And how that's how the gospel or the message of Jesus Christ was spread all over the world. Because what the evil one thought was a victory for himself actually became this wonderful, powerful going and making disciples, which was Jesus' final call to his church. And I want you to understand no matter what has happened, no matter what is happening in your life, God is right there and he's got a plan to raise you up. He's got a plan to remake you. He's got a plan to recreate you. He's got a plan that's more awesome than you could ever imagine. And I want you to understand that's for the church that's for you individually, that's for your family, that's for whoever I might be talking to today. So sometime today, get alone, take some time, take a deep breath, and say, God, I don't know exactly what you've got planned, but I know this that crazy preacher and your word says that you've got this awesome plan and I really want to be in the center of that plan. I want to become that awesome person. I want my marriage and my family to be that awesome center of, of your will and glory. I, I I really want something dynamic and powerful. I absolutely want to lead this world, that this group of people that God has, has given me in my world, in my life, and I want to lead them in a wonderful and powerful way. I want to lead them to the healing power and grace and glory of God. I want to lead them to the restorative and transformative power and glory and grace of Jesus Christ. I absolutely want to help them to bring a a transformation to their mind and their heart through a dynamic called repentance, where we are sorry for what we've been and what we've done and where we've been so that God can change my mind and my heart so that I as a a person, so we as a married couple, so we as a family, so we as a church can come back together in power and unity and glory and grace. And man, how we need that. And oh, how God wants to do that. And oh, how God wants to do something so extraordinary and miraculous in each and every one of our lives. I want that for you. I want that for every person. I want that for every married couple. I I want that for every teenager. I I want that for every child. I I want that for every grandma and grandpa. I, I, I want that because that's what Jesus Christ died and rose again. He knew all about this corona thing. Before it even happened, and when he died and he rose again, he gave us the ability to rise above this human folly and foolishness. he gives us the ability to rise uh, above all the dynamics of fear and uh, anxiety he gave gives us the ability To not make the enemy these people around us, but we know who the enemy is. And that gives me the separation and the ability to be able to love people, even though I may not agree with them or they may not agree with me. That's okay. That's all right. But God today wants to do something extraordinary in your life, in your family, in your marriage, in your finances. Professionally, anywhere you need him to do something extraordinary. As we begin to think about reopening or coming back together, I've I've had folks that that wanted me to defy and and slander and, and talk about all this, you know, how bad everybody is. I want you to understand. I, I like I said I've said all along, I don't think any of these the President or these governors or the Congress or this or the, the judiciary, I don't think they have a clue what they're up against. So they are not my enemy. I'm not here to defy them. That's why we're waiting till June 7th to begin to um, open and reopen and and kind of put, this physical body, back together. And I'll say once again, I don't want people coming that are fearful and afraid. And, but at the same time, I want people to understand we will do it excellently. We will do it professionally. We will do it um, in a way that honors God and um, honors our leadership. And I, I think that's very, very, very important. But most of all, I want to do it within the context or in the footsteps of Jesus Christ. And my focus this morning, this is really what I wanted to focus on this morning. If you'd like to open your Bibles to John chapter one, I'm just gonna read one verse. And it's talking about Jesus Christ. When he says the word, uh, it's the logos, it's, um, it's Jesus Christ himself. It says, and the word, Jesus Christ became flesh, And he dwelt among us. And believe you me, he dealt with as many problems and struggles with the government and with people and even with church um, that we do. He dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Glory as as of the only begotten from the Father. And here's what I really want to concentrate on. He was full of grace and he was full of truth. I, I don't want us to reopen or come back together or reform or rebuild or redevelop the body of Christ here at Riverview in kind of a lackadaisical, nonchalant, or even a, in a way of uh, defying anybody or anything like that. I want to, just like Jesus Christ I want to be a group of people that are full of grace and full of truth. I absolutely, my goal is to embrace all the wisdom and all the facts and all that's going on uh, in this whole dilemma, this whole virus, this whole thing that's going on, going on the last uh, two or three months. And I don't I'm not looking uh, to be a zealot. I'm not looking to be someone who defies because most of these pastors that have defied the government had services, and many of them have caused uh, tremendous um, uh, spreading of, of this thing. Some have, some haven't. Um, a lot of these guys are—they're are, just kind of zealots that—they're um, um, just kind of silly, to be honest with you, but. I don't see Jesus Christ being that way. Jesus Christ was here to show us what it means to do things in truth, in grace, within the context of the will of the Father. And that's how I want to reopen the church. There's truth. And we've got to embrace that truth. We've got to embrace the reality of what we're in. We've got to embrace the reality of how people are feeling. Uh, we've got to embrace and be tender with people that are just afraid. And, and, and believe you me, I understand there's been enough negative and uh, fear-mongering information that's going around all of these um, news outlets and, and everything. And I, I get that. And so you take your time, and you got to understand, we're going to open this thing in, in tender love and excellence, but um, you do what God would have you to do. If you're infirmed, if, if you have a, a an underlying condition, if you're older, although it's funny, the, the people that we have here every Sunday are in their 70s, so... <laughs> um, but, The the bottom line is, if you feel funny about that, that's fine. We will continue to do this online dynamic also. We will continue to do the prayer thing online. We will continue to be there for those that just aren't comfortable in, in gathering once again. And that's, that's, that's where we want to be. That's how we want to be. We don't want to do things that um, make everybody uncomfortable, and we definitely don't want anybody uh, to get sick. Um, we really, really don't. But we want to do it in grace. And Jesus Christ had this wonderful ability to be tender and firm at the same time. Jesus had this ability to kind of look at people and, 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 and love them very tenderly and kindly. And yet at the same time, look at them And say, okay, here's where we're kind of heading. Here's where you really need to be. And to not allow the dynamics, the the mental, emotional, psychological fears and frustrations and foibles of this world to kind of keep you from being who God would have you to be. I think of the uh, woman that had been caught in adultery. And um, Jesus uh, covered her and um, protected her and um, sent the very judgmental people of that day packing. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how he did it, but um, he watched over her. And yet at the same time, uh, at the end of that, he looked at her and said, listen, uh, your life is a mess and you need to get this straight. And God's got a plan for you. So go and sin no more. That's kind of how I want our church to be. Non-judgmental as far as looking at people and we're not out to get you, we're not out to judge you, we're not out to to put you down or uh, anything of the the sort. And yet at the same time, God wants you to kind of come back from this even stronger than you were before all of this. And so... I think it's very important as we begin to come together, and I will remind all the Riverview folk that tonight at 5 o'clock, we're going to have a time where we want questions and we want to hear suggestions. I don't want to hear any griping, no conspiracy theories, just leave that out. But however you think we might do this most effectively... That's how we want to do it. And that those things come from everybody. They don't come from the almighty pastor. They don't come from the church board. It comes from everybody. And God speaks through everybody. And so as we come together, let's come together together. Let's do this together. Let's do this gently and kindly in, a, in, a, in an air of understanding and love and tenderness. And yet at the same time, in an air of God's got this awesome plan and he wants you to go to a whole uh, new level of love, a whole new level of truth, a whole new level of grace, a whole new level of faith. He's got this wonderful plan for you and we as a body, we as the church, we need to come together and start focusing that way with and for each other. So I pray that however this whole phenomena has affected you, first, I pray that if it has gotten you down, mentally, emotionally, physically, financially, whatever it might be, that you would kind of set yourself before God and say, God, you who raised your son from the dead, would you please come? to where I'm at and raise me up because I really do want to be that man or I really do want to be that woman that you created me to be. And then as we come together, let's not come together and just be what we've been. Let's take this whole church to a whole new level, a whole new level of love, a whole new level of joy, a whole new level of kindness, a whole new level of truth, a whole new level of whatever God would have us to be so that we can impact in a very positive and eternal way a world that many times feels like it has no hope. That's my prayer. And I pray that that's all of our prayer. God bless you today. Have a wonderful day. Let me pray for you before we go. Father, this morning, I don't know how all of this is going to come back together. I don't know your perfect will. We're trying to figure it out piece by piece as, as meticulously and excellently as we possibly can. But Father, I do know this. I don't want to come together blaming governors or presidents or anybody else. I don't want us to come back together, separated and kind of looking down or, or, or at each other in a, a way that would not bring you honor and glory. I want this to all come together in your image, in your footsteps, in your love, in a willingness to die for each other the way you died for us. And Lord, I pray that in all of this, that Lord, you would raise us up in your power and your glory and your healing and your wisdom. And Father, you would absolutely bring us back together in a newness and a, in a likeness of you. Father, have your way in our lives. Bless us this weekend. Once again, we thank you for all of those men and women that have fought for us, have died for us. Many have been injured for us. Many have been mentally and emotionally scarred for us. Father, I just ask for a rich and powerful blessing on them today. Father, make this a great day and great weekend in you. Thank you, Father, for your presence and your love and your grace. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. God bless you.